can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hannah, I had a dream about you the other night. Oh, (laughs) God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But it wasn't just about you. What was it about? It was you and the Canadian. Oh, what was going on? For some reason, I was at your house and you were like, oh, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. I was like, yeah, cool. What is it? And it was like this rectangular planter box and there was kind of like this moss stuff on the top. And you're like, oh, look, look what we're growing. And I was like, oh. Moss, yeah, great. <laughs> and then suddenly you were like, no, 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 look harder. And there was like worms thrashing around underneath. And you're like, how oh cool is it? We've got God. a worm farm. And I was like, why do you have a worm farm? <laughs> you live in an apartment. Was the planter box inside or outside? It was inside. And you were showing me inside, like right kind of near where you're sitting. What do you think that means? Let's have a look. Worms oh, I don't know. Let's look up. Dreams, worm farm dream. <laughs> Unfortunately, a dream about worms can mean that there may be people in your circle who are working against you. <laughs> are you working against me, Anna? The dream is a warning to you to think carefully about who you can trust. <laughs> so you and the Canadian are crossed out immediately. <laughs> Hold on, there's a different one here. Oh, okay, sorry. There's two, this is completely different. Dreaming about worms in some cases might also point toward a good successful future. It means that you're about to experience extreme prosperity and opulence in your life and then the spiritual significance of worms. Earthworms challenge you to dig deep within yourself for truth. Mm. The the creature also encourages you to remain grounded when on any quest, whether exploring the inner realm, the physical world, or engaging in astral travel. (laughs) So this is just the Google, like the first thing that comes up on Google. Do you think you would ever get a worm farm with the Canadian? Absolutely not. No way. Well, I just thought it kind of made sense because you don't like any other pets. And I thought maybe worms are for you. Maybe you would enjoy a worm farm. Speaking of sleeping and dreaming, apparently I am like a real chatterbox when I'm asleep. I'm sure. Every morning the Canadian is like, what were you talking about last night in your sleep? <laughs> He's like, apparently I, ta- I talk gibberish like all night. Really? Yep. Does it wake him up all the time? He says that it just happens and that he doesn't have time to grab his phone to record it because he wants to show me. You should get one of those apps, the sleep apps that records you while you sleep. Oh, and then we can like insert it into the podcast. Why don't you do that? And then we can put it into the podcast. That's such a good idea. You should do that. What app is this? I'll find out. Adrian had it downloaded for snoring. And it records you. It like picks it up only when you talk. Yeah. So any noise that comes up and it will put it into separate little sound bites. Oh, yep. Okay. Done. I'd love to hear what I say. Yeah, same. (laughs) He said one time I actually did my hands like, like this. (laughs) Like I I said, like I was, what would you call that? I'm trying to describe it to listeners. Shaking your hands. I was like shaking my hands and talking. 
as I lay down like this. That looks like you when you're angry, like if you're passionate about something. Yeah. If you're talking and you're like, don't put mushrooms in my food, you would have your hands up like that. That's a mannerism of yours. Let's do that. But anyway, Joe, what is on today's episode? On today's episode, we're talking to Sophie Walker from Australian Birth Stories, all about breastfeeding as promised. We said we we're going to circle back and discuss this in more detail. And then we have Alessandra and Julia joining us from the Color Analysis Studio, which we very much enjoyed. And we have some things to discuss after that session as well. And of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So today we have Sophie Walker joining us from the Australian Birth Stories podcast. She's also the author of The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth. Sophie's got a master's in public health and she's very passionate about encouraging pregnant women and their support people to actively prepare for birth and postpartum. Sophie, I'm sure a lot of our audience members will already be familiar with you. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much. So we actually recently discussed nipples on a recent episode and as women, Hannah and I haven't had children, so we were very shocked in that episode to learn a few things about breastfeeding that we didn't quite realise. Why do you think so many of us know so little about breastfeeding? I think breastfeeding is still a little bit taboo and people feel more self-conscious to kind of suddenly get their breast out in the early stages, particularly for the first time. And I think what you do see, unless you've got close friends or family that you're up close and personal really seeing them feed, what you do see is sort of women in cafes or women in the park where they've hardly got any breast showing and the baby's happily suckling away. But that takes a long time to achieve. And what you're not seeing is them perhaps weeping at home with their shirt completely off they've got kind of milk coming out one side a crying baby trying to attach on the other you don't see any of that which is probably what's unfolded prior to them feeling confident to come out and feed in public I've breastfed all three of my boys and I felt a responsibility I think to the community and to other young mums and older mums new mums basically (laughs) to feed in public and make them feel more comfortable to kind of get out and do it and so they don't feel they need to go to a mum's room in a shopping centre that they can have a cup of coffee or, and just attach and feel confident. So I think, yeah, we don't see a lot of the initial early stages and I've listened to that episode that you did recently and it's fantastic. Maybe sh- people should listen to that one first and then listen to this one. But yeah, there's a lot of ins and outs about establishing that new breastfeeding journey where both you as a mother and the baby are learning and although it's natural, it doesn't necessarily come naturally Mm. it's a learned skill we'd love to get your thoughts a judge recently ejected a breastfeeding mother from a court in melbourne love to get your thoughts around this in 2023 Yeah, I think it's really disappointing to see because it's brought in with the Sex Discrimination Act in 1984. So it's in the law. So it's kind of ironic that a judge has thrown a woman out. And I think listening to kind of the commentary between people online on social media and in the newspapers, people are like, well, it's not the place for a baby. And that argument really doesn't make sense because if a a mother is needing to be in court for whatever reason, they're connected to the case, they've got an interest in the case, they're compelled to be there by kind of legal grounds and they're breastfeeding, then their baby needs to come. And you can't kind of time breastfeeding a baby, especially if you're doing it on demand. So it doesn't make sense to say, well, babies aren't welcome in court because then that is isolating breastfeeding mothers from court and they have a right to be there. So I can see that there's a nuance in in court and in that environment where they want to reduce distractions and you can't do 
a number of things that you can freely do in public in a court setting, but it doesn't make sense and it's illegal for him to have ejected her. And I think then somebody went in on principle the following day and the same judge did it again. So he stands strongly against his Mm. convictions. And I think that particular case, it was sad that it unfolded in that way because it was a sexual abuse case and it was very important and it kind of drew all the attention to the wrong issues. And I think it's that sexualization of the breast and that misunderstanding Mm. that really influenced that. And I find that on a daily basis on my Instagram account, I can't run a lot of Facebook ads and Instagram ads to breastfeeding imagery because it's picked up by the bots and the censorship as nudity and sexualization and porn, which is crazy, which just makes educating people on what it really looks like even harder. What are three things you think soon-to-be mums need to know about breastfeeding to make the process easier? Yeah, so three things that I think are really important. The first one is recognizing that you can prepare for breastfeeding in pregnancy. I think people invest a lot of time into creating a perfect nursery and finding the perfect pram and preparing rightly so for your birth, which is what I'm all about, birth education. There's a lot you can do to prepare in pregnancy for breastfeeding. There's the Australian Breastfeeding Association's got incredible free resources. I've got a breastfeeding guide myself that you can download that takes you through things like antenatal expressing, which is a great way to really get yourself familiar with your breasts and look at colostrum, that first milk that can offer and start appearing from 37 weeks onwards and you can learn how to collect that. But I think some of the things you touched on in that recent episode, understanding that the milk doesn't just come out of the nipple, that it comes out from all the areas in the areola and the importance of getting that whole breast tissue into the baby's mouth and having that understanding, particularly when you're starting to learn this when you're sleep deprived and hormonal and exhausted from birth, having a basic understanding of your breast and how that works prior to taking on breastfeeding is really important. And I think really understanding and sort of planning for your postpartum and understanding that you will want to have a supportive environment to breastfeed. And if you've got a hundred visitors coming over, everyone seems to be as soon as you have a baby, people you went to school with and you haven't connected with for years want to come and meet the baby on like day three. But you really need to protect that time and space for you and your partner and perhaps just your immediate family. So you can feel comfortable to just have your shirt off, really navigate kind of engorgement and all the things that happen in those early stages. If you're trying to put on, you know, your best outfit and look like you've got it all together, the way that some Instagram accounts will show you, (laughs) I think if you haven't prepared, if people just keep arriving, then you don't have that space to do all that skin to skin and early attachment that's really important. And thirdly, I think is having realistic expectations. I know that doctor on your episode said that nipple damage and bleeding and pain is not normal. It's not normal, but it seems to be the norm. So I think if you suddenly see things like that, you can be overwhelmed and think, I haven't seen anything like that. And it can feel like your nipple is literally ripping off in those early days, because if you get the attachment wrong on the first few feeds, it's very hard to heal that tissue because they're feeding so frequently. So I think recognizing that the first six to eight weeks is going to be really challenging. And it's almost as if you've kind of got to get over that hump. But if you think it's only going to take one or two days, 
and it doesn't, then I think you can feel overwhelmed and maybe sort of reassess things then and think, oh, maybe I need to try formula or maybe I need to mix feed when perhaps really you just need to push through and get perhaps in some more support. I think also it's fantastic to have on the fridge just the Australian Breastfeeding Association. They've got a free 24-hour helpline with other mothers that can support you. Having that pre-planned on the fridge so when you're exhausted and don't know what you're doing, and that was me with my first, you can just call that number. It's right there and get some help. That's great advice. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth? What are the key things we could learn from reading it? Yeah, so I've been running the podcast for just over six years now. And I think over the years, people are saying, you know, what book can you recommend? What I'm listening to the podcast every week, but what book should I get? And there really hasn't been a comprehensive Australian guide out there. A lot of people are turning to a popular American one that was originally written in the 70s. And it's not skewed to the Australian healthcare system using drug names that we use and systems. We talk about Centrelink and all sorts of things in the book. But we really wanted to make a contemporary guide that acknowledged that family makeups have really changed over the years too, that they're solo parents, they're same-sex parents. There's a myriad of ways you can form your family. And so throughout the book, we weave those birth stories together with a comprehensive guide going through each trimester and early postpartum to really prepare Australian families. I think we've touched on things that are often not covered in in other pregnancy books, such as miscarriage. We've got a full chapter acknowledging that one in four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. So we didn't want people to pick up this book with the greatest expectations and hopes and then find that they lose their pregnancy and there's nothing for them in the book. So we really detail what happens in a miscarriage and what your options are, particularly if you haven't told anyone and shared it. So you can't perhaps rely on your community at that time and you're so vulnerable. We've also got a chapter on birthing on country. We really wanted to acknowledge the cultural diversity of Australia and the First Nations people. And that chapter has actually been written by Indigenous midwives because we didn't want to speak on behalf of them. So there's some really important elements. And I think throughout it's written addressed to the mother. So it's very mother focused, although it does detail Mm -hmm. the development of the baby. But we really want to prepare the mother to really trust their intuition and advocate for themselves so that they have a full understanding of all the things on offer. And they can say, actually, I'd like to choose you know, an epidural first up, or I don't want an epidural because I'm aware that if I have an epidural, then the following things may happen. But I think those healthcare appointments are often go for 15 minutes and you really can't get into the details of things. Mm. So it's really important that you have a background understanding so you can ask the questions that are important to you with those limited time. I always feel not having had kids, but my sister had a kid. I'm always like blown away by how much there is to learn. Like sometimes I'll say to my sister, I'm like, sorry, how do you know that? Like I'm like blown away. She's like, you have to like learn it all. Yeah. And I think the difference is too, you usually you would go to a doctor or a hospital Mm. because you're sick. If it's something, for example, like cancer, then the doctor will say you should do this. And more often than not, then you'll just say, okay, I'll do that. But in pregnancy, it's quite different. You're not sick. You're having a baby so that the relationship between you and your care provider is different and it needs to be a really confident an open discussion where they know what your wants and needs are so that you're both on the same page when the day comes around. Mm. So our last question is, what are the benefits of a woman's partner understanding the ins and outs of breastfeeding? 
Yeah, I really think that's essential because breastfeeding can be beautiful, but as we've touched on, it can really be challenging and it's really demanding, particularly for those first 12 weeks. And not only are you recovering from birth, you're also having one of the most significant hormonal shifts in your body that you'll have in a lifetime. So to have an understanding of an expectations with you and your partner, have things set up ahead of time, like a water bottle. And I think you touched on silverettes are fantastic. Those little silver cups that you put in your bra, hydro gels, body ice woman, ice and heat packs, having all those things set up with perhaps nappies and wipes on a station ready for you to support you. Cause often once you sit down in those early days to feed, you can't get up and you instantly feel thirsty when breastfeeding. So having your partner have an understanding of always offer me a drink, make sure I'm hydrated, help support me because it is going to be challenging. And these are the things that I want. I really want to exclusively breastfeed for this first six months, if that's how you feel. And I'm probably going to find it really hard. And I really want you to support me to get me through by not kind of going there with your partner and really discussing that. I think they can be quite surprised about how almost it feels like in the early days, you just finish your feed, you burp them, you change them, and then you're feeding again. If they don't have an understanding of that's kind of how labor intensive it is, and also how intensive it is on the body needing more fuel and food and water and things like that. If they don't understand that, then they're going to think, oh my goodness, I don't think it's meant to be this kind of monotonous and continuous. Mm. So it's really, really important that you're both on the same page for breastfeeding and for your birth preparation as well. Well, Sophie, thank you so much. That was enlightening as someone (laughs) that uh, both of us getting us prepared for the future. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So today, Hannah, we're doing something quite interesting that I saw on Instagram and I thought Mm -hmm. this would be really fun for us to do. So each of us are going to be analyzed today by Julia and Alessandra and they're going to tell us what is meant to suit our features, our skin tone, our hair. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. So I really want to understand how you got into this line of work. I have to say that uh, Alessandra was interested in color analysis first. Uh, she was very passionate about it. This is a big, big trend in Europe, especially in uh, Italy and UK. And yeah, she's been into color analysis for a long time, even before this was a big trend in Italy. And then she kind of convinced me to attend a color analysis session with her and a couple of other friends here in Melbourne. And and I wasn't really sure at the start, I have to say. But then she kind of sold it to me saying, oh, you know, it's going to be an amazing experience to share between, you know, us friends. And so we went and I completely fell in love because I could see something new about myself for the very first time in the mirror. And I really could see that some colors had the power to accentuate my natural chromatic features. And so I really wanted to start studying this matter, this subject. And now here I am. And uh, yeah, thanks to Alessandra. Awesome. Well, we're going to start with Hannah. So Julia is going to be assessing you, Hannah. Let's jump into it. Talk us through what you're doing as you go so that we can understand. Jacket on or jacket off? If you can remove your jacket, that would be amazing. Also, I'm going to hide the color that you're wearing right now so we are not influenced by it. So Hannah's just having a white sheet put over the front of her to neutralize everything out. And she's got a mirror in front of her as well so she can see how everything's going to look. That's right. So Mm -hmm. the first phase of a color analysis session is the undertone. 
So we're going to compare different couples of colors, okay? Every color has an undertone that can be warm if it's yellow-based or cool if it's blue-based. Now, we need to assign a point, let's say, to the warm color or the cool color in order to understand your undertone. Is it cool or warm? Remember that color analysis works by matching. So if your undertone is cool, colors that have a cool undertone like you mm -hmm. will work better on mm -hmm. you. Okay, so in this first case, we have a warm red, tomato red, yellow based, and we're going to compare it with a raspberry red. Okay, this is blue based and cool. So now you need to see how your skin changes from here to here. I think I like the raspberry better Same. than you. Yes, Same. yes. Yeah. So very good eye, uh, ladies. Mm, thank you. Um, <laughs> this uh, raspberry red is uh, absolutely in harmony with your chromatic features. So your skin appears cleaner, mm -hmm. more relaxed, okay, fresher. While in this case, this yellow-based color is projecting a yellow light on you mm -hmm. that is not really natural considering your skin undertone look. Also, I can definitely notice a match between the color of your lips and this color, mm -hmm. okay? Your lips appear fuller and, you know, more colorful mm. with this raspberry. So it seems like the cool one is working better. So pink is Hannah's vibe over red. Mm. Yeah, so now we're comparing this salmon pink with a cool pink. So this is warm. Mm -hmm. And this is cool. Again, we can notice how the cool tone, okay, is more in harmony with your features. Mm -hmm. Okay, while in this case, you're losing a bit of definition because this color is, you know, reflecting on your skin and you are kind of blending with the color a bit too much. Mm -hmm. Okay, in this case, you're the protagonist again. I can definitely see your eyes pop out yep. more. The baby okay. pink is mm -hmm. Hannah's vibe. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Anna? I agree. Yeah, perfect. Now we're going to compare two darker colors. This one is a warm brown mm. and this one is a navy blue. It's amazing the difference here. Is this why when I use my ring light, I always go on the cool tone? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the warm tones. Yes. Like yes. quickly turn on, bang, 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 down to cool tone. <laughs> Definitely. Because mm. I look terrible with the warm tone. Mm, probably because this yellow light on you is clashing with mm. your blue-based undertone. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you can definitely notice how this blue navy is absolutely stunning on you, while the brown is not doing much for you. Huh? Mm -hmm. Very okay. interesting. So cool undertone means that you can either be winter or summer because mm -hmm. spring and autumn have a warm undertone, mm -hmm. okay? So now we need to compare two levels of intensity because winter has a high level of intensity. So it contains colors that are highly saturated, like this beautiful emerald green from the winter palette. Mm -hmm. And we're going to compare the emerald with the sage green Ooh. from the summer palette. I like that color. Sage green. So these colors are both cool. Okay, uh -huh. so the mm -hmm. undertone is correct in both cases. Now we need to see if your natural colors are as intense, okay, and vibrant like the emerald green, or if they are more muted like the sage. I can definitely see that your colors are strong, okay? Mm -hmm. So in a scale between emerald and sage, you're more towards the emerald. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I'll show you what happens. So look how this color gives you a lot of support and energy. This one, 
matches your undertone perfectly, nothing wrong with it, but this is a bit too soft for you, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not enough. I would agree with that, yeah. Okay. The bold colour looks really nice on you. Except I never wear colour. Yeah. <laughs> Literally Maybe you never. should. <laughs> Look what happens from here to here. Uh -huh. You're glowing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So comparing these two levels of intensity, we can definitely say that you belong to the winter palette. Winter. Mm -hmm. Cool undertone and high level of intensity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to show you some of the colours from the winter palette. So again... Emerald, magenta. Ooh, yes. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily. And magenta looks great. Okay. Yeah, magenta is amazing. And also, Even your skin just looks brighter. Cyan, uh -huh. very nice. Also, you don't need to necessarily think about a whole outfit in this color, okay? Mm -hmm. This could be one of the colors inside a pattern on a shirt. Well, yeah. look, my toenails, I just got them painted. There you go. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, done. And my water bottle's the same colour because yeah. I wear denim, black, grey, yeah. white, neutrals. But okay. I have a bright pink water bottle and bright pink nails. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. So you're what what colour would that be? Yeah, this is a bright magenta. Yeah. Yes, yes. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> I am attracted. I love that colour of okay. pink. You mm. do, yeah. So you kind of realised, uh, you know, mm, that you That were, it looks good. Yes, mm. yes. Great eye. Also, black is part of hundred percent black. Yeah, yep. this is the one. This is the one. Yes. Yep. Yes, definitely. We don't need to look at anything else. Like <laughs> and also, black can only be found inside the winter palette. Ah, okay. no so. wonder I wear some. I wear black with that magenta. They're the main two colors that I would be wearing. Together. And you wear jeans, which are blue. Um, jeans, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So These remember. Are my yeah, everything matches within the same palette. Mm, mm. Interesting. So if you mix these colors, uh, you know, everything will look uh, amazing and harmonic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what would denim be? Because I do wear denim a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So it's you can call it just denim. Like that color, mm. yeah. Yeah, and there are different washes of denim. So yeah. lighter, cooler, they're all great on you. So I always um, choose a cool tone of mm -hmm. like jeans as well. Mm. I must know instinctively yeah. that cool tones are better. Well, we know it looks good on us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know when something's off, like I can't I, stand red on myself. I filmed a video with a warm tone by mistake and I actually can't watch it <laughs> and I had to like filter it in InShot <laughs> so it was cool toned. Warm, I turn the warm tone on. See, I turn it right down to the lowest of the low of cool, not a okay. not even a little bit of a warm tone. Really? Oh, yeah, these colours are good. These are my favourites. Okay, so we've got a silver and a gold here. Is this to Sparkly. determine what kind of jewellery would suit you? Uh, yeah, exactly, okay. exactly right. So jewellery and uh, also, you know, if you're winter, like in, in your case, mm. and you wear little golden earrings it's fine but if you need to choose though between a whole gold dress or mm -hmm. a silver one yeah. silver vibe yes. yes silver vibe silver looks amazing on you i like gold though that's the okay. only thing i do wear i do wear gold okay yeah. okay it's fine and uh also remember that silver will match perfectly with every single color from your palette oh, okay, okay. So Hannah's a winter girly, very jarring with her preferences for weather, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool undertones, high intensity is me. Yeah. Yep, that sums me up. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> All right, it's my turn, I think. Yeah. Alessandra's going to do me. I'm also not really a color person, so this is going to be interesting. Interesting. I sometimes dabble. 
But I love pink, so if you tell me I can't wear pink, that's going to be a bit of an issue. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. So with the color analysis session, we are not going to remove any color from your wardrobe. Okay. From you. So you have just to choose the right undertone of that pink and mm-hmm. the right intensity, right? Yeah. But you can wear any kind of colors, okay? Mm-hmm. Because every color has a cooler wall version, right? <gasps> so we're not going to remove colors. Don't worry. <laughs> good, good. We are comparing in the first phase to mm-hmm. colors that have a warm undertone and mm-hmm. a cool undertone. So tomato red, warm, yellow based, mm-hmm. and raspberry red. Does the red look better on me? Raspberry. <laughs> you reckon? I feel okay. the red, but I hate red. It's like my least favorite color, but I feel it warms up my skin tone more. Absolutely. So you are gaining yeah. a beautiful golden reflection. Agree. That is matching perfectly your undertone. I've got a good eye for this. Warm. Yes. Can you guys give me a job? <laughs> <laughs> so basically what happened when I moved to the cool tone, you became it washes me grayer. out. Yeah. Yes. Your That's lips crazy. lose intensity. Mm. Yes. And your all your skin appearance in general mm-hmm. lose intensity. So let's move on to the okay. next one. Salmon pink, mm-hmm. warm, more towards the orange shade mm-hmm. versus a cool pink. Again, mm. oh, you are losing some, colors. Yeah. Yeah. This so is crazy. The colors is stealing yeah. colors from your face. So. I love this color though. <laughs> yeah. But look, yeah, the warmer tone looks better. Beautiful. Mm. Salmon pink is yes. excellent. An excellent color for you. Okay. So you're very nice and gold here. Yeah. This is very interesting. Then we have a brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Brown is very nice on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it matches perfectly your features. Yeah, I do so like I see, brown. That's, yeah. that's good. I see harmony here. Mm-hmm. Why well, with the blue navy? I hate navy. Uh, I hate navy. I never you. wear navy ever. Uh, yes, you're not a blue person. Mm. What about jeans? Do you get dark jeans or you get light jeans? Uh, I kind of get like a midwash, like okay. the color of Julia's. It seems that you have a warm undertone mm-hmm. okay let's test the metal so do you like wearing gold i usually wear gold yep yes so gold of course represents the warm side mm-hmm. mm. beautiful this is on you against the silver that represents the gray so the cold mm. side so as you can see here you are yeah. losing color yeah losing definition well, with this one, mm-hmm. oh, look at you. Yeah. Sharp, defined. I'm a gold girl. Yes. Expensive yes. taste. Yeah. <laughs> you are definitely warm. Okay. So definitely if you see warm. the graph here, we can exclude the winter and summer. So okay. you Opposite be, of me. Yes. Yes. So you will be either spring or autumn. Okay. Depending on your level of All intensity. All right. So I'm either high intensity or low intensity. Yes. So, so if you have a light, fine, high yeah. level of intensity, you will be part of the spring palette. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will be autumn. So okay. with more earthy and mm, toasted color. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess autumn. Low intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Let's go. Find our personalities as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Low intensity, high intensity. <laughs> so we're going to compare two different greens. Mm-hmm. So we have a soft green mm-hmm. from the autumn palette and a bright green okay. from the spring palette. This one is uh, more muted and soft. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think this khaki one is more suited? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's more in harmony with your colors. Yeah. So, so what happened is that uh, the spring green is matching in terms of undertone. So it's mm-hmm. a warm green, but it's a bit overpowering. Really. Yeah, yeah. So it's still the same from you. Mm-hmm. So we want uh, to be the protagonist of, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. image that we We've got main character eyes. energy mm-hmm. over here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I, my eyes get, uh, you know, 
focus on the on the colors mm-hmm. rather than on your face. So I'm losing focus from you. While with this one, everything mm-hmm. is matching perfectly. Mm-hmm. So since uh, your undertone is warm and your level of intensity is low, mm-hmm. the autumn palette, okay? Okay. So I will show you now different colors from the autumn palette. So we have this beautiful olive green, already so in the intensity, mm-hmm. perfect for you. Do you like olive green? I don't wear a lot of it, but maybe I should start. Yes, definitely. Yeah, you can I wear a lot of neutrals. Red. Yes. Yeah, yes. like beige and yeah. yeah I like... saw your uh, Instagram uh, account yeah. and uh, I saw a lot of picture of you already in palette. So yeah. Oh, okay. Some, yes, yes. You are already you nailing tend it. to go to the brown, the neutral, the yes. beige, so yeah. uh, warm tones. Mm-hmm. And you say that uh, different from Hannah, you are using the warm ring light. Yes. Instead. Yeah, so, I use a warm. Yeah. 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 Always. And I like warm light in my house. I hate cool light. Mustard. Mm. Very nice, this one. Interesting. I would never wear mustard. <sighs> Very nice. Very nice on you. You don't like red, but this is your Yeah, red. I don't wear red ever. I've just so got you, something against red. I probably you were choosing the wrong red. So this mm. one is warm and soft like you. Okay. So it matches perfectly I'm your warm and characteristic. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about Lincoln Green? Wow. Ooh, this is like prison this greens. Is- like a forest. <laughs> forest, like that plant yeah. right there. Yeah, very beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Very beautiful. Imagine this. the color of a plant. That's yeah. what this looks like. Yeah, very nice on you, that one. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine her wearing that. I can't imagine me wearing this either, another red tone. Still a red tone, yes, but mm-hmm. warm and soft. Mm-hmm. Yes, more muted. So more towards the orange shade. Yeah. So orange is working very well. Like that matte orange. shade mirage. Yeah. Mirage, that would yeah. look good on you. Yeah, I should try that. I've never used that before. Wow. Look this, at this is very palette. interesting because I never would have picked these colors for Never. Myself. I, I feel like I know what looks good on me, but I never would pick out a dress that are these colors. No, but I think that eggplant looks the best on you. Yeah. looks yeah, really nice. Very good mm-hmm. I can imagine you wearing that. that. And no black. <laughs> no black for the <laughs> You don't wear black. that much black. Yeah, the- if you have a black in your uh, wardrobe, you mm. don't have to throw anything, okay? So maybe yeah. try to wear it uh, far away from your face. Okay. Because what we want to emphasize is mm. our face, right? Yes. So if we can combine black with one of those beautiful colors okay. that you have. Yep. Good yeah, tip. so that black suits everyone is just a myth. Mm-hmm. As its own chromatic characteristics. So it's cool, yeah. bright, and deep. Okay. And you are the opposite. Yep. I wouldn't have known that if we had. You don't wear that much black. <laughs> I don't really. Not you like me. More brown. I saw. I definitely have yeah. more brown, more neutrals, yeah. more white. I have than black. I think. How do we know what kind of white suits us versus cream? Yes. Yeah, so, so in your case, uh, you will be better with uh, creamy white. Yeah. So a white that has a touch of uh, yellow in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that will look uh, great on you. All right, I'll keep yes. that in mind for my wedding dress. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. That's a good, uh, good things. And I was telling you that color analysis applies to makeup too. Yes. So we can choose uh, colors of uh, mm. our lipstick. So you should mm. choose uh, lipstick that uh, mm. have, like you, a warm undertone. Okay. Okay, so more towards the orange. Yep. And they're quite soft, so not really bright one, okay? Mm-hmm. So more, uh, you know, muted. Very interesting <laughs> to see that you are very similar, but just mm. on the appearance. Yes. And then during an analysis, yeah. uh, we actually find out that you are the opposite. Mm, very so. interesting. Oh, we're actually yeah. the opposite. We yeah, are the opposite in the a lot of ways. Some are 
No, you're what do you what you're cheap? winter, I'm autumn. But you're I'm high intensity, you're low intensity. Yeah. We're literally yeah. opposite. Cool and warm. Yeah. So yeah, actually the opposite. So what an interesting yeah, job to be you. in. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so, so much. much. Thank we you. appreciate you coming in. No worries. Thank you for having us. Product we didn't know we needed today, Hannah. Mine today is and I feel like you've been a fan of this in the past as well, but you then went on to Tuscan Tan. Yeah. So my product today is the Loving Tan 2-Hour Express Deluxe Bronzing Mousse in a brand new shade. Yes, I so, got sent this. Yeah. I haven't used it yet. So they never used to have the ultra dark shade. They had medium and dark, mm-hmm. uh, and I would always use the dark and then I would sleep in it. Mm-hmm. But I just hate sleeping in tan. And mm-hmm. I do mostly I'm spray tanned now because I have a spray tan machine at home. But Often if my friend Hattie isn't available to do it for me, then I will just quickly do a tan at home. Mm -hmm. So I always have a loving tan as a backup. And I'm loving the new Ultra Dark because it's still what I would be able to tan to. If I was really tanned in summer naturally, which I would never do now, Mm -hmm. this is the colour that I would be. So I really like all the undertones in this particular tan. It just seems to suit my skin tone really well. And, yeah, they've come out with a new shade. I did get sent it. I'm going to try it. It's been on my list of things to try. It's just, this is an elite product. Like, if you have two hours wash off. Yep. Or you can leave it on a little bit longer. I usually leave it on for usually maybe four hours and Mm -hmm. then I'll wash it off. But if you want it to be a little bit deeper, you can leave it on for longer, obviously, and then wash it off. The tip with Express Tans is when you remove it, and this goes for spray tans as well, when you have an Express Tan and you're like told to remove it after two hours, do not moisturize after your first shower because mm-hmm. it stunts the development of the product. So you will not go as bronze as you want to be if you moisturize straight away. However, in saying that, if you do shower and you're like, oh, this is a little bit too deep for me, yeah, then you can put moisturizer on and that will stop it from developing as much as it would if you didn't moisturize. Good tip. Yeah, I'm a tanning expert. (laughs) What's yours today? So mine is, I can't remember if I spoke about it, but if I did speak about it, it would have been about four years ago. I feel like I remember you getting obsessed with So I was obsessed with Laneige for a little while and I like to mix balms up. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you get sick of them, same one over and over. And I was like, oh my God, remember that banana balm that I used to always, and I bought two. That's how much Mm. I love them. And I did buy a couple of other Lanolips ones, but these are way, but this one's way better. So the reason I like it is if you've used Lanolips before the normal, it's like a balm. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is a bit more like glossy and it's got a bit of shimmer in there. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll put it on. Can you see that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it tastes like banana. Well, I don't eat it, but it's got banana flavor. So if you didn't like banana, you wouldn't recommend this. Oh, I love banana. Is it like banana lollies? Mm, yeah. yeah okay I've, that does look really nice on your lips it's kind of like a gloss but Juicy. it's not glossy and it's got a little bit of shimmer in it it's mm. so nice and it's just the bananas next level mm. so I'm back on this and I'm loving it my Laneige is on hold oh <laughs> And now I'm using this stuff every day, all day. I'm okay. so obsessed. I love it. And they're really not that expensive, Lanolips. They're feel really like. not. And I like having them all over the shop. So I've yep. always got them everywhere. The Lanolips banana. What's your favorite Lano? The 101 ointment. Mm, yep. I think I like a bit more glossy. Sixteen ninety five. I like a bit more glossy than that. Sixteen ninety five. Bargain. Sorry, how much is your lip balm again? It's actually ninety nine ninety five. <laughs> they recently put the price up, and uh, well, why did they need to put the price up? Do you think? Look, I really don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really putting a strain on me uh, yeah. financially, but I just can't wean myself off it. I've well, tried. if you don't want to spend ninety nine ninety yeah. whatever, this is sixteen ninety five. Yeah. I recommend getting the Lano Lips. You can take yeah. yourself out for dinner with the yeah, let, don't put yourself into debt trying to keep up with the PCA lifestyle. The PCA lifestyle. I get a 40% discount, so I'm not even True. paying full price. So, Hannah, we're recording this outro a few days after our colour analysis, and I've got the card up here on my desk. I have got it up on my phone, yep. Nice colours. I did some shopping on the weekend. So not only did I rock up to work on the Wednesday after we recorded in a full brown outfit. Nice. (laughs) But I did some shopping over the last few days and all I have bought are clothes that are fitting in with that colour scheme. Like I have not gone outside. It actually worked. Well, I'm trying to stick to it because if that's what they say suits me, I want to stick to it. So that's what I'm doing. I think I already stick to mine because I'm just going to go back and look at mine is black. Yeah. I do. You were like blue, like a denim blue. Yeah. Denim blue. Bright pink. I do. So I've got white, black, denim blue, and then the bright pink is like my standard wardrobe. And you can also wear bright blue as well. Do I wear bright blue? Not really. You could if you wanted to. (laughs) I do definitely do the blue denim, the black, the white, and the bright pink. Like that is exactly my wardrobe. So I must have already been. I was gobsmacked by the way that your face changes. And I don't think you can fully appreciate it unless you know your face really well. Unless you do it. But when you're seeing yourself in the mirror and you see how much your face changes when the different colors are in front of you, it really is quite bizarre and it really makes sense on the ring light because you do warm and I do cool like you just know what looks better yes isn't that so weird so weird so I bought a sage green dress on the weekend for a wedding which I actually would never buy that color I do have a green set that I've worn before I have posted that on my Instagram and I really liked that but I haven't really like got that much green stuff because I didn't think green mm-hmm. really suited me. But now that I've been told it does, I bought a green dress and I also bought a purple, like a lilac purple dress as well because that was in my colour scheme too. So <laughs> I can't believe it. You're actually yeah. following it. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I love this concept. I think it's so interesting yeah. in the way that we saw our complexions change it really just made so much sense why I don't like certain colours on me and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It makes a lot of sense why I wear black so much. People actually comment all the time yeah. about how much black I wear. But now I feel like I can't wear any of my black clothes. Yeah, you're not meant to wear black. It's not <laughs> on your – Black's in my no-no. In my no-no pile is grey and black and pink and I have a lot of grey, black and pink clothes. You don't wear a lot of black though. I haven't seen you wear a lot of black. Oh, I've got a fair bit of black. Okay. I do, but yeah, I don't mind mixing in some colour every now and then. But I do find like neutrals, black, grey, it's easy to re-wear all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas I find when I wear colour, I get over it a lot quicker and then I'm just being wasteful because I might wear it twice and I'm like, oh, everyone's going to recognise that because it's colourful and it's eye-catching. Whereas if I wear the same grey thing 40 times. Yeah, I have so many things that are coloured that I've worn a few times. So now I just stick to the neutrals that I know I'm going to wear over and over. Mm. So, yeah, I do have a lot of neutral stuff. As you can tell today, I'm wearing a neutral coloured zip-up top and a brown singlet. (laughs) As am I. (laughs) This is my pyjama top. Yeah, you're sticking to your colour palette as well. (laughs) Yeah. 
We would definitely recommend going and getting this done. Like I even said to my boyfriend, like maybe you should get it done. Oh my god, <laughs> <is> so interesting. <laughs> <sighs> All right, guys. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.